Surprise! What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for the AEW Podcast Edition. I put out the show like I always do. I don't mean surprise, but we got some big news. I wasn't going to do it till tomorrow, but we got to cover what happened on AEW Dynamite tonight, plus what went on with Jim Cornette, which is insane. Paige Renee Young weigh in if they will have Jim Cornette on WWE backstage. Cody Rhodes is stealing trademarks. Pro Wrestling Sheets, I mean Tease, pretty much leak Marty Skrull jumping to AEW, even though that wasn't a big surprise, and so much more. Remember to check us out on all podcasting platforms, Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter it's the AEW Insider 1 as a number one. Let's get to the show. Well, Nick Jackson and Phoenix kicked off the show. As I said on my last show, it's the first time the Bucks have wrestled in a singles match in over four years. It was a kick-ass match, and also, like I said, those two crazy high flyers are going to fucking tear the roof off the joint, and they did. It, it was it had great spots, crazy moves, close fucking three counts, it had it all. It was a hell of a way to open the show. But in the end, of course, they gave it to Phoenix. I think they should have given it to Jackson, but Phoenix is a huge singles competitor in Mexico. Dr. Britt Baker, a.k.a. Mrs. Adam Cole Bebe, got a big loss in a match. It was pretty crazy. She got her nose busted in the process, too. Baker can't not catch injury. I mean, can't catch a break on injury breaks. Minor they may be, but still she's very injury prone. I know she's probably like, yo, I just want to give this up and go be a fucking dentist. After that, they cut a kick-ass Dark Order promo. It was very well done. Yeah, that is a heavy set guy in the subway. He was waiting for a train. Two guys walked by and they bullied him. They crushed his glasses. It kind of reminds you of the Joker. If you didn't see it, spoiler. Just with the guys harassing him on the train, what have you. The heavy set guy got on the train and sat down. And on the screen, like on the TV screen where a commercial would be on the train, a guy, a commercial was on and this guy was talking to him, saying, You should join us. You know what I mean? We understand you, blah, blah, blah. And as this clean cut gentleman is talking, it kept cutting in and out and it was the dark order it was like a recruiting video to join the dark order it was very very well done and i loved it uh then it was the aew dynamite dozen battle royal Badass Billy Gunn finally made his in-ring appearance in AEW. He didn't call himself badass, but he was Billy Gunn. The crowd went fucking nuts and kept chanting, holy shit. MJF spit his gum at some fans on his way to the ring. Uh, Billy Gunn and Sonny Kiss had a great spot. They were about to have an ass off, show each other's ass. Not any gay shit, but Billy Gunn thinks he has a great ass, so does Sonny Kiss, you know. So they were about to show it off to each other, and then MJF ruined that. Uh, Jimmy Havoc got eliminated. It, but he came back in a ring and pulled out a staple gun. He stapled everybody fucking everywhere. The crowd kept chanting, you sick fuck. It was awesome. Um, MJF and Billy Gunn had a great spot at the end. Uh, was M- But in the end, it was MJF and Adam Page. They will be fighting next week, and I believe the winner of those two gets a shot at La Champion. It was a great match, man. That's how you do a battle royal. And I hope MJF gets the push, but I think they're going to give it to Page again, because they wanted him to be the original. AEW champ. 
speaking of La Champion, uh, he came out and he said he had a huge announcement. Next week, he will get the thank you that he's been waiting for from us, from AEW, from Tony Khan. He's having a, a, excuse me, I'm fucking stuttering tonight. Don't mind me, people. He's having a Thanksgiving thank you celebration. Out of nowhere, SCU comes out on the stage. Scorpio Sky came out to gloat how in their tag team title match last week, Scorpio Sky was the first man in AEW to give Chris Jericho his first loss in the company. Jericho then challenged Scorpio to a one-on-one match for revenge. Out of nowhere, the rest of the inner circle rushed the ring and they beat and handcuffed SCU. They pulled out socks. The socks were supposed to have like weights in them even though they weren't and they were beating them with them, what have you. Out of nowhere, Luchasaurus and his crew came out to help them. Uh, Luchasaurus right after fought the librarian in the match and he beat him in 2.3 seconds. Then LAX took on Private Party. It was that House of Glory, Matt Travis tribute match. Like I said, both of those teams are from House of Glory. That's where they got the start in Jamaica, New York. We go to their events every summer. And Matt Travis, one of their brothers, their indie wrestlers, got hit on his bike and killed a couple weeks ago. So the match was dedicated to him. The match was way too long. But in the end, Nick Jackson came out and helped Private Party. Then Sammy Guevara came out in the tide's turn. Then Dustin Rhodes came out and joined the brawl too. Private Party picked up the win and they stood victorious in the end. Uh, Kenny Omega then cut a promo about his match with Pac next week. And to finish the show, they did have Darby Allen versus John Moxley. That was an awesome match. Darby Allen had this dope promo and had him carrying around a body bag that said Moxley on it. Uh, what you call it? He was carried onto the stage like crowd surfed inside the body bag. They put him on the stage. They unzipped him. He had a skateboard with him. He skateboarded to the ring. The match was kind of lackluster for the type of wrestler these two are, but towards the end, they picked it up. Uh, what you call it? Moxley at one point zipped up Darby Allen into the body bag and was literally stomping it and kicking it with the minute, which was awesome. The ref got Allen out of the body bag and like I said they picked up the pace Darby went for the coffin drop off the top rope and he went right into Moxley's legs for a submission hold which was pretty dope then Darby went and got out of it went to the top rope again and Moxley caught him and gave him his finisher off the top rope so Moxley is your winner and it was a great show as always AEW Dynamite kicks ass I didn't get to see NXT yet, I won't lie, because in between, my uncle was live watching in living color. The guys were singing CM Punk's theme song in New York, so I was going back and forth between that. But if anything happened good on NXT, which I know it did, I'll cover it next show. Uh, you had to have heard Tony Khan and Randy Orton got into a Twitter war. It was fucking nuts. Uh, Randy Orton made this tweet and he tagged a bunch of people saying nobody's safe and he even tagged Tony Khan. And Tony Khan's like, what do you mean nobody's safe? Like a bunch of wrestlers stuck on a jet in Saudi Arabia, which was crazy. Then out of nowhere, Randy Orton was pretty much like people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And he attached a link to an article where Tony Khan's father, Shad Khan, was under a investigation for shady dealings. Tony Khan responded back that that article is over a year old and those charges are years old and nothing ever came of it. It was bullshit. He said, you know what is real though? You cursing live on Twitch saying the N-word a couple of weeks ago. Yo, that was it. The internet's going crazy. Tony Khan called fucking Orton out and shut him down. It was fucking awesome.
In an interview, Tony Khan was asked about AEW getting the bash at the beach, uh, beach trademark. Uh, he's, this is what Mr. Khan had to say. He said, Cody went on a trademark binge one night and he texted me. Cody said, Conrad and I were up all night trademarking stuff. One of the things that came out of it was bash at the beach. So when he said that, we thought of a way to use it. And the unique idea was, was to go to Miami in January, said Khan. We'll be doing a two-part bash at the beach on Dynamite, and that special will also include the matches from Chris Jericho's cruise that week, which is fucking awesome. Khan stated AEW was able to get the trademark because the original bash at the beach one had the laps. He said that Miami and Malibu would have you as a hell of a market. And like I reported that months ago, I told you Cody Rhodes was putting in a bunch of trademarks for his, all his father's stuff. Anything with the Rhodes names that other companies owns that his dad created or it belongs to him, his brother would have you. He wants them all under the Rhodes stable. And look at it, man. He's getting them back already. I can't wait to see which other ones he got. It looks like Pro Wrestling Tees might have let the count out of the bag where the villain Marty Skrull will be heading when his contract is up very soon. Uh, I already know he's going to AEW. You have to, too. His boys are all there. The Bullet Club's there. The Elite's there. He's tight as fuck with Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, what you call it, Cody Rhodes, what have you. The only reason why he didn't go over is because his contract wasn't up a ring of honor. But if you went to Pro Wrestling Tees earlier, they put a new hoodie of his up, a villain Enterprise one, and it was captioned AEW Marty Skull hoodie blah blah blah. So it said it right there that he's going to be in AEW. They just put it up too early or started using it too early, like a bunch of fucking idiots. And of course, they took it down. Um, I reported weeks ago that Jimmy Havoc and Excalibur got in a fight at Tony Schiavone's birthday party. Well, Eric Bischoff revealed some other things that went down, and I had no idea. This is what he had to say. Right at the beginning of this thing, everybody's seated. Mark Madden opens up and he goes, hey, look over there. Tony Khan, the money mark. How many executive vice presidents do you have in your company anyway? So he was joking with Tony Khan, but called him on his shit, said they just use him for his money to start the company. And everybody in this company is an executive vice president. Evidently, Tony Khan took exception to that. He got up and he left. So Eric Bischoff says, I could have, I guess, had an opportunity to meet Tony Khan, but Mark Madden fucked it up for me. And by me telling the story, I probably just fucked it up for myself. But whatever. That's awesome. All right, peace. We got to take a break. It's already been 10 minutes. I'm rambling on. I still got a lot of awesome news. CM Punk news from last night, the shit he was saying on WWE backstage. So I got a bunch of WWE stories, plus NWA Jim Cornette, Enzo Amore, and more. So definitely tune right in. We'll be right back, peeps. All right, peeps, we're back. We'll get back to the show. If I sound a little different, I apologize. I did the YouTube video for you peeps first and got it out before I did this. And I got so caught up, I forgot to plug in the microphone. It's plugged in now, so it might be a little bit different. But on the WWE. I've recorded a few months back that they were getting into the podcast game big time. They hired one of the biggest podcast people in the business to help them out. Their first show after the bell with Corey Graves is kicking ass, and WWE has announced their second podcast of many that are coming. It is called Feel the Power, and the hosts, of course, are The New Day. It does premiere December 2nd on all major podcasting platforms. 
Speaking of their first podcast, Randy Orton was a guest on After the Bell this week. Corey Graves asked him about resigning and how he was faking like he was going to go to AEW. This is what the Viper had to say. I did sign a five-year deal, and I'm very happy about it. I was just having fun. Right now, I'm a lot more aware of other guys like Will Ospreay and other guys that work with Cody. I'm watching wrestling a little bit more. I'm not in such a WWE bubble as, as I have been for the past 20 years. I'm learning to appreciate other styles a little more instead of quickly seeing something that isn't how I would do it or it isn't how I would sell it. I'm realizing that it's good in a way. And this might be upsetting for some people, but I never really saw myself leaving WWE. To me, it was about getting to a point where I'm happy and what I'm doing with my body, the amount of time that I'm gone away from my family, and in the end, it's all going to be worth it. And that's where I'm at right now, so I'm definitely happy being a WWE superstar. And Corey Graves also touched on what he felt about CM Punk on backstage. Graves said that, Punk's return, he thought, was a smart move by Fox. He said it will get a lot more eyes on WWE backstage at FS1, which I will get to in a bit. He noted that Punk is one of the most controversial superstars in the modern era, and he still has his name chanted across arenas worldwide. He added that it will no doubt spark rumors of an in-ring return and knows Punk and his previous comments about not returning as an in-ring competitor. It doesn't indeed show that his appearance means that you can never say never in wrestling, which is 100% true. I already reported Punk said he wants at least $20-25 million, and he's talking about the paydays that legends are getting for the Saudi shows, what have you. If he can get that for Mania or a Saudi show or close to it, he will be back in the ring. I guarantee it'll be by WrestleMania or a big Saudi show. I'll bet my left not. CM Punk did appear on WWE CM Punk did appear on WWE backstage last night and he did an interview with Renee Young. Here's what he had to say. CM Punk said on WWE backstage that he came back because he works for Fox and he's getting paid to criticize WWE. He doesn't have to worry about getting punished. He said he hasn't spoken to anybody from WWE management. His initial reaction to, to the offer was not a no. He was nervous about coming back. Renee Young is the only one from the show's crew who knew about his return. He has very few friends left in the wrestling business. He was more interested in talking to his future wife than wrestling Undermaker Taker at WrestleMania 29, which is fucked up because my daughter and I were at that WrestleMania in New Jersey, New York, and that was the best match of the night, to be honest. Uh, the, he said the WWE product is the same as he left it. Micromanage and fan favorites are being pushed to the back, and they did. They showed him a, a, a excuse me a piece of a Baron Corbin match, and they asked him about it, and he said it's the same as it was six years ago, and that's pretty much staying at it. It's the same old stuff. It's old and it's stale. He said he is really enjoying the women's division. He isn't interested in coming back to the ring right now. He's 41 and WWE has a lot of fixing to do in their relationship. His theme song, Cult of Personality, was his favorite song since he played Little League Baseball. Seth, and he also said Seth Rollins needs to stop tweeting because he looks like a fool. You know, Seth Rollins is on Twitter like a troll motherfucker. He's seen it, and this is what he had to say. He said, hmm, hell of a response, and called Punk a coward. 
Then this afternoon, Punk did an interview with the show. It's called The Herd. They asked him about Punk saying about what he said about the Baron Corbin match, which I just talked about, and if he, uh, what you call it, said anything was said to him, or he, if he was scared that somebody was going to say something to him. And I was asking myself the same thing. Punk said, I'm not concerned about it. I think, honestly, that's the appeal of the job, Punk stated. We're Fox. We're going to pay you to come here and be an analyst, and you get to critique the old place you work at. I'm not here to play a spoiler. I'm not here to pour gasoline on anything and set everything on fire. I think deep down I love pro wrestling as a kid, and I think it can be better. I always voiced my concerns and criticisms while I worked there. Now I don't work there, and I can't get in trouble for it. Punk was also gave his thoughts on the current product. Punk once again noted that today's product is too overproduced and that he would like to see wrestlers be themselves and develop their characters. He's absolutely fucking right because that's what AEW does and look how it's working out. He said, let people breathe. Let them be themselves. Let people be less scripted, Punk said. If everyone is speaking from one voice and one person's writing the script and the dialogues all the same from one person to the another, it's the same voice. Imagine every quarterback in the NFL running the same play every Sunday and every Thursday. And I know Fox is loving Punk because he brought the ratings back up for them. From last week's show to this week's show, the ratings jump was 80%. Last week was 100,000 viewers. This week was 180,000 viewers. Triple H did a big interview today. It's so much I can't even report it. I think I shared it. If not, I won't. You definitely want to see it. Uh, the, the most interesting thing I took from it is... It's how much he really loves NXT and he loved those stars. You can ask anybody who knows me. Like I say, my current favorite wrestlers are Dolph Ziggler and Sammy Callahan. But my all-time, all-time, more than Hulk Hogan, more than any of them, favorite wrestler is Triple Motherfucking H. And Chris Jericho is a close second. For his entire career, he would use people, steal who's ever thunder, steal their spot to get ahead. They wanted him to be the fifth member at Survivor Series for NXT. NXT. T's team this Sunday, and he turned it down. He doesn't want to outshine them. He did say, though, that the fifth member will be a huge surprise. Just imagine, even though it's not going to happen, if CM Punk actually was the fifth member of NXT, and he went back to NXT. He doesn't have to be right under Vince's thumb, and he loves the gritty and indie feel of it. It would be amazing, but it ain't going to happen yet. It is rumored that Ronda Rousey will return soon. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking and hoping that it, she does because then they will have the four horsewomen match. They've been showing Shayna Baszler and the other two horsewomen fucking shit up on the main roster. We know since Ronda came and her girls came, you wanted to see the UFC horsewomen versus the WWE slash NXT horsewomen who are Bailey, uh, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks. So they're saying Ronda's going to return, and Paul Heyman took to Twitter. You could tell he wants her back on his show, so he's trying to score some brownie points. He pretty much said, because people are asking if she's ready, if she could be at WrestleMania, he said she's an amazing athlete, she's ready for WrestleMania, and she's ready for anything that you can throw at her. So we'll see if Ronda Rousey does return. Uh, Alicia Fox took to the internet today and said she's clean and sober for months now, and now she's ready to help others. If you ask me, it's a little too early to be helping others, but whatever helps her cope, get by, and stop drinking, so be it, gal. All right, now on to the big NWA story. Jim Cornette has resigned from NWA, which is a nice way of saying, quit before we fucking fire you. 
The internet went crazy. During last night's uh, broadcast of NWA Power, their weekly TV show, their studio show, uh, Trevor Murdoch was wrestling in a match, and Jim Cornette was trying to give him props, but he did it totally wrong. He said, that man Trevor Murdoch is so tough that he can strap a bucket of chicken to his back and drive a motorcycle through Ethiopia. Yo, the fans who were watching it heard that racist-ass shit went fucking buck-wild, went all over the internet, and it was over for Cornette. So NWA did apologize. Cornette didn't. He's like, tune into my show Friday, and you're going to hear some real shit. So who knows, peeps? Fans did ask Renee Young and Paige on Twitter if Jim Cornette was allowed on WWE backstage, which he replied, uh, which they replied. Paige said, nah, we're good. And Young said, it's a hard no this way. So there you go. And finally, Enzo Amore. He did a great interview with my dog, Chris Van Vliet. I always tell you guys to check out Chris Van Vliet. He's awesome. All the wrestlers give him the best fucking interviews, what have you. <clears throat> they did talk about a bunch of things, but some of the stuff they touched on were, like, they asked Enzo about all the name brand clothes he wore on TV, all the Gucci shit, all that. He says, as a heel, I went out to nightclubs with the title in L.A. I partied with Drake. I partied with The Weeknd. And for me, it was just showing off. That's what you would have to wear, Gucci whatever if you're born like that he's like people thought i had a stylist but really i just had a friend who has millions of dollars who would legit let me borrow his clothes for tv so he actually borrowed that shit that he used to wear out he was also asked if Big Cass will return to wrestling. He said, I spoke to him yesterday. He's doing everything he possibly can to be the best version of himself. Will we ever see him in tights again? Honestly, I can't tell you. I have no idea. I just know one thing, that the best friend that I had is not the same guy that's been walking around the past couple of years. The things he's been dealing with mentally... I can't relate to, but just because I can't relate to it, I've had learned that it doesn't mean I can't understand it because it's real. Mental health is real, and I saw it firsthand. It's real, and this guy is going through something that I would consider a disease, and other people are going through it also. If he can come out of this thing and inspire people the way Tyson Fury does, then that's a new purpose for him. He was also asked about when he bought his own ticket to Survivor Series last year and snuck in. He said, I was bitterly angry at WWE to the point where I showed up at Survivor Series pay-per-view and gave them the middle finger. So basically, my philosophy for, showing, philosophy for showing up at Survivor Series was I'm booking myself back into the business because you guys ain't doing it. Yo, there's a lot more to interview. It's over an hour long and it's fucking awesome. All right, peace. I'm rambling on as always. I got to get to bed. I got to get to work. But I wanted to get the YouTube show out to you. This show had more because I recorded the youtube show before i watched dynamite and i edited it during so this has a lot more stuff in it uh, i got a lot of videos up on youtube please like share subscribe support i've got movies i've got wrestling i got specials horror everything remember on all podcasting platforms facebook and youtube it's the aew insider and on twitter it's the aew insider one look out this weekend we're gonna have a pre-show you know what i mean my predictions for survivor series plus i'll do a post show and i'll definitely do a post show for after it happens for youtube also all right peeps as always i'm your host lee benson thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the aew insider ciao peeps